Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In our prophecy this morning, we heard the account of Jacob meeting a man who wrestled with him through the night until sunrise. This man was no man at all, but rather none other than the second person of the Holy Trinity appearing in a hidden manner to Jacob. We know this because Jacob receives a blessing in the form of the name Israel, and then he names the place Peniel which means face of God. For, he says, I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. This account of Jacob struggling with God through the night is often seen as a paradigmatic picture of our trials of faith and of fervent prayer, trials which God himself sends in order to test our faith and to make it stronger. <clears throat> in these trials, it may often seem like God himself is opposed to us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yet while it may seem like he is opposed to us, their purpose is our sanctification and growth in the faith so that we might trust in him all the more firmly. The account of the Canaanite woman whose daughter was severely demon-possessed illustrates this for us wonderfully. In addition, it shows to us an example of a strong and steadfast faith, even in the midst of trials. At that time, Jesus departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. This woman, St. Mark tells us, had heard about him. And that is why she comes to him for aid. She had heard that this man was able to heal the sick and cast out demons. She had heard that he was good and gentle to those who called on him, neither breaking the bruised reed nor quenching the smoldering wick of a person. Moreover, she had heard that he was the promised Messiah of the Jewish people, for she calls him son of David, one of the titles of the Messiah. <clears throat> She had to have heard all of this, otherwise how could she, a Canaanite, a descendant of the ancient people from Tyre and Sidon, who at various times either oppressed or allied Israel, know that this man was the son of David and could help her daughter? Yes, she indeed heard the gospel concerning him and she believed it. She believed that this Jesus was the son of David and that he would be able to help her daughter if only she asked him. <clears throat> she trusted in that word that she heard about him. <clears throat> she trusted in that word that she heard about him, and yet what happened when she found him? She cried out for help, but he did not answer. She called out to him again. No answer. So she cried again. No response. Was this really him? Why was he not answering? 
This didn't match with what she had heard. Her experience did not fit with the good news that she had been told. She did not give up. Her faith remained in the word that she heard concerning him, and she continued to cry out after him, Have mercy on me, son of David. Her cries move the Lord's disciples so that they too implore the Lord that he might have mercy on her. St. Matthew continues, His disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. They add their prayers to hers, hoping that he will listen. They had heard him talk of prayer and how he will listen and answer. And so they ask him to grant her prayer so that she may stop following them. <clears throat> they have seen him cast out demons <clears throat> before from afar, that likewise, and they likewise trust and know that he can do this with just a word no matter how far away her daughter is. But he answered and said to them, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What might have gone through her head at this time? Is this why? Is this why he will not answer me? Because I am not descended from Jacob? She could have stopped right there. She was not a child of Jacob. And if this is who the Christ came for, then why bother him? But she does not give up. She has heard that Jesus, the son of David, helps those who call on him. She will, she have heard that he will listen to her plea. She had heard that he is merciful and loving. So what does she do? Right after our Lord's answer to the disciples, it then says, she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. It seems that she was being rejected. How else could one experience hearing I was not sent when asking for help? She still falls to the ground before him, prostrating herself at his feet and worshiping him, saying, Lord, help me, trusting in him that he will hear her and help her. Still, she trusts him because her faith was not in and based on her experiences with Jesus, but on the good news that she had heard about Jesus. Despite all that was happening right in front of her, she does not doubt that word, but she believes it. She believes the word which said, this Jesus is the son of David. He is good. He is merciful. He is loving. He will listen. She does not judge him to be ungracious or malicious. She trusts what she has heard even when it does not seem to be the case. She still has faith in the first word that she heard, which granted her that faith in the first place. And what happens after this? He answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and give it to the little dogs. And she says, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her and said, O woman, Great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. See how beautiful and pure her faith is. When she calls for help, worshiping at his feet, he condemns her. He judges her unworthy. She is a sinner. She is a Gentile. And how does she respond? Yes, Lord. She does not deny the charges against her. She knows that she is a sinner 
She knows that she is a Gentile. She accepts the Lord's judgment and pleads to him on the basis of that very same judgment. The Psalms say the judgment of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Indeed, they are, even when they are against us. They are still true and good. She confesses and does not deny, yes, you have judged correctly, Lord. You say that I am a dog, and I am, but even the dogs receive good from their master, eating the crumbs that fall. She did not fight against the judgment she heard, but she asked for mercy in accordance with that same judgment. In this, Christ our Lord is pleased. In this, she has shown her faith, faith not based on what she has experienced, but faith in him based on the good news about him. Her, he praises her faith and does for her what she had asked, healing her daughter that very hour. In this woman, we have a great example of our faith, an example which shows faith withstanding trials and ending up far stronger, a faith tested by fire and coming out refined. In this woman, we see that our faith must not be founded on our experiences or our emotions or our feelings, but in the word of Christ alone. If this woman's faith was based on her experiences, based on what she could see directly in front of her, she would have given up at the first. This is what we too must do. If our faith is based on such ephemeral things as feelings and experiences, we will wilt at the first sign of heat from the sun. If your faith is based on how music makes you feel, or on how joyous you feel after worship, or how you've enjoyed good health all these years, or some other subjective feeling or experience, it will not last. Because one day, the music will stop moving you. One day, you might not feel anything good at all after worship. One day, your health will fail. What will happen then? Is God's word no longer effective? Are his promises void? Has he left you? Has he abandoned you? By no means, brothers and sisters in Christ. His word is still active. His promises are still true, no matter how you feel. He is still present in you by his Holy Spirit, as he has promised you at your baptism that he will neither leave you nor forsake you. Yes, dear Christians, the trial will come. Indeed, God himself will test you in order to strengthen you, to purify you. It will be a burden. It will be a cross. And in the midst of this, we must not rely on our previous experiences or even what is happening in front of us. But we must rely on his word no matter what surrounds us. There may be many times in the life of a Christian when it appears to us that God has withdrawn from us, that he has hidden his face, that his grace is hidden from us. There are times when it feels as if his judgment is looming over us sinners. In those times, we must follow our dear sister, this woman from Canaan. Instead, during these times, all we can say is, yes, Lord, your judgments are true. I am a sinner. I am deserving of death, of hell even. I am lost on my own. As a sinner, I am not worthy of your grace, yet you have promised, O Lord, to forgive the sins of sinners who trust in your Son, who repent because of what, their son has, what your Son has done. 
Indeed, you sent him not to call the righteous to yourself, but to call sinners. Yes, you have sent him to save sinners, O Lord. Save me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to the promises that you have made in your word. Yes, then God will do according to his word, according to his promises. He will have mercy. That mercy doesn't always look like what we would expect. We sometimes remain sick, even to death. But he has had mercy and has promised you healing, if not now in this life, then in the resurrection and the life of the world to come. No matter what we are feeling or experiencing, these things do not define God's attitude towards us. They do not determine his grace and mercy. No, these things are often most deceitful for us in spiritual matters. The prophet Jeremiah wrote, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But God's word, brothers and sisters, is true. His word is trustworthy. You will notice in every interaction with the woman before our Lord healed her daughter, he never once said no. Not once. There are many times that can be interpreted as no, but he didn't say no. He did not say it. A faith based on experience, based on feelings, might have taken all of this, the silence, the statements that he was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel, and the judgment as a no. But he did not say that. He did not say, I will not hear you. He was silent. He did not say, you are not of Israel, but I was sent except to the lost, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He did not say no, for it is true that he came to save the lost sheep of Israel, but the true Israel is not that of the flesh, but that of faith. As St. Paul writes, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac, your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. Even in his judgment, he did not say, you are a dog, and the dogs don't get the children's bread. But he said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. She received the children's bread in the end because she was no dog, but she was, in fact, a child of God by faith. All of these things seemed on the surface to be saying no, but they did not in reality. Thus, these are like our trials and tests of faith, where everything seems against us seems to be a no, seems to be a rejection. But let us not have faith in what seems, but in what is the sure and certain word of God. The word that says God will hear your prayers. The word that says by faith you are grafted into Israel. The word that says by faith you are made a beloved child of God. Thus, let us always stand firm in the word of God and cling to it and the promises of forgiveness, life, and salvation that are found therein. In this we find comfort and hope, even in the midst of fiery trials. Those trials which are not meant to harm us, but to refine us, to strengthen us, so that our faith may be all the more strong 
to resist the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil, so that our faith may cling to God and rest in him, and to flee to him in both times of need and in times of prosperity, with our hope of salvation secure in Jesus Christ alone. May God grant to us such faith, which he alone can give through the merits and mediation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen.